this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com, we're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them, we talking about life and life to stream right to you, from the microphone right to your home dude, side note, this might get embarrassing, but no don't sweat yo, cause there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here, especially if you are a first-time listener. You can check out all of our previous episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. And we are thrilled to have today's excellent guest, he has been all over the place performing. He is a good, good friend of ours. He also coaches the indie team that Justina, girlfriend of the show, and I are on called Boyf. And uh, we've had uh, a, a Boyf member on the podcast previously, uh, Davy Gardner. He's uh, another one. Another one. Well, this is a really great chat. I just want to jump right into it. We don't need to build up to it anymore. Just know that Xavier is awesome and we love him. So let's get right to it. With Justina in the background, here's my chat with Xavier Podden. Zave, so great having you here in the apartment. Yeah, I made it to Brooklyn. <laughs> and this is also uh, the first time that I've had uh, a beverage. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers with uh, with the guests. It's usually water. This is bourbon that you were very gracious to bring. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. It's a nice bourbon. If you ever very get a good. chance, check out their rye, High West rye. Nice. This I'm is just yeah. the bourbon. And uh, you might hear uh, Justina in the background, girlfriend of the show. Whoop whoop. Uh, <laughs> that's her. Uh, <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, and that's the closest I can get to a cat. You make Justina her meowing in the background. <laughs> I can't believe you put that costume on her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm allergic to the costume. I shouldn't have done it. Um, no, we know you well now, I feel like, because you've coached us on our indie team, Boyf. Boyf. We're so very thrilled to have you. We all love you so, Aww. so, so much. Um, we're lucky to have you. We've had some great fill-in uh, coaches too. I don't want to throw inadvertently Who throw any shade. I'll murder them. <laughs> well, you Who gave us Matt Abetti. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, the great a great find. And then we've had Charlie Nicholson, previous guests of the show. Like, oh, they're wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah. Um, but before your coaching era, uh, I mean, you have a past uh, before you coached boy. <laughs> oh God. Not that kind of path. It's a dark path. How far back are we going? <laughs> yeah, let's go back. Um, now, could you have some Carolina story, too? Like, yeah. Uh, like Justina and I. Cause yeah. You lived in Columbia, South Carolina. I lived in Columbia, and then I did improv. Actually, uh, the first improv I did was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I think it was called the Charlotte C Comedy Club. It's oh, like interesting. this fucking hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? This is like 2008. Maybe 2007. Interesting. I remember we were like driving an hour, me and my girlfriend at the time, because we did theater together. Then we both were like into hmm. or getting interested in improv. We'd go up to Charlotte and it was like a stand up club. Um, and I'm glad it was there that I began improv because, you know, you're just, you don't realize not how home. much you stink so, so bad when you first start, especially like. When you're just trying to figure out what you think is funny mm -hmm. versus what other people think is funny, right, right, yeah, you don't. Then you can do it in front of people who uh, 
you'll, you won't see in the grocery store. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it's terrible to try to make a case for why you think it's funny when no one else is like agreeing Man. with it. So I'm glad I started uh, uh, in a very dark. I feel like I wasn't super aware of improv outside of uh, Whose Lines It Anyway. Yeah. Um, in 2008. Yeah. I can't, I think it was a few years later, several years later when, um, I, I came across long form improv. Yeah. But what was it you all were doing? Was it short form or long form? It was short form. And then there were a few like long form scenes, Mm -hmm. but they were not really like long. They were like Mm -hmm. game, like, uh, short form games that were just long. Mm -hmm. Like if you've ever seen like, um, um, second city does long form sometimes, Yeah, but it's kind of like they're doing like short form games in a long form. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't great, but the reason I um, I like looked into it was because when I was in high school, I remember uh, watching SNL all the time, mm-hmm. as everyone mm-hmm. does in high school. Yeah, and like looking into people's bios and going like, how did these people end up getting to where they yeah. were at? Um, and everybody had some sort of like improv. Everyone thing. was Chicago. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was how I I mean when I was in college, I took an improv class. Yeah. But it was all just focused on short form, even though we read Truth and Comedy. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, so it was still just like a very short form world at that time outside mm. of Chicago, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we ended up doing in Charleston, mm-hmm. too. It was like same. It was like short yeah, form. Yeah, yeah, class. yeah. But it was so much like you were saying about SNL people's like, that's where you heard about Second City. Yeah. In like the late 90s, early 2000s, if you were hearing anything about improv, it was in relation to an SNL cast member yeah. saying they learned it in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> Second City, or IO. Yeah, Second City came to, actually, this is how I got into a movie. Um, they came to Workshop Theater in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they were there for, I want to say, like a day on tour. But this was like a full week long thing when I was like 12 years old. I just mm-hmm. moved from Puerto Rico to South Carolina and I took this workshop and um, I remember, I don't remember why I did improv, but I remember liking it. Mm-hmm. It might have been for the same reason. Like, I don't know. I, mean, I was 12 years old from Puerto Rico, so there's no real reason I should have known <laughs> what improv was. Right. It might have just been like the one that was well, a week long. maybe you were just young, scrappy, and hungry, just like your country. Dude, I had so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Puerto Rico. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Which wow. we we should talk about Puerto Rico when, you, when you're done with this thought. Yeah. But, no, um, let's talk about it. Yeah, we'll bounce is, everywhere. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that you came over and like at 12 and were like, yeah, improv. Yeah. Well, I, I remember doing a lot of theater always, mm-hmm. like my whole life. I was in plays in school in Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. I played, um, oh, God, what was his name? Not Dingo, not Doink. It was something with a D in um, a play called Circus. Okay. And don't, it was like I don't a, know the play. a clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if it's like a real play. <laughs> it might have been just like one of the teachers wrote something was like. No, it's like my second grade play, The Wackadoo Zoo. And it's like, yeah, it's such a big thing in my childhood. But then the outside Zoo? of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, were you wearing those glasses in it? Um, I, I probably was not. Yeah. And he's pointing. If you've listened to episodes where people guests were here, <laughs> previous guests have pointed out this picture that I have. Everyone sits where Zave is sitting, and they are facing this picture of me from second grade. But um, were you eight years old, giving the uh, 
like strongest very side deep eye. Thought. <laughs> very in deep thought. But I've never heard anyone ever reference. It's not like this this play that every school does. Yeah. So it's the same thing maybe with circus. I'm just like, it's a thing your school did. Yeah. Who knows if anyone else has, has yeah. ever heard of it? It's not West Side Story. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, like, it's not Wizard of Oz. Like mm-hmm. Amy Poehler got to do Wizard of Oz when she was in school. Ah, uh, white people. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that play was like our maybe our like uh, chorus teachers like like in her free time she was just writing <laughs> random ass plays. <laughs> uh, no, that could honestly be the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you, you were in you were you were born in Mexico and in, in, not Mexico in Puerto mm. Rico, in Mexico, Jason. <laughs> I grew up in, so in, in South Puerto America, Rico. It's so funny you say that. Here's the thing I was gonna say about yeah. uh, the reason I said Mexico or started to say Mexico is because I was about to make a joke about how many people think Puerto Rico yeah. is not a part of the country. Yeah, yeah, when and I they just to... lump it with Mexico. It's like no, it's Dude, America. <laughs> it crushed me. So I moved from Puerto Rico where everybody looked like me and was like fun, <clears throat> and there was like white and black people too. It wasn't uh-huh. like, but no one was like, oh, you're white and you're black. Everyone right. was just like Puerto kids. Ricans. Yeah, 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 Puerto, yeah, yeah like yeah. everyone who was living <laughs> in Puerto Rico just felt like they were Puerto Rico. Right. And I moved to South Carolina and very quickly I learned what contrast was because everything was like white and black. And when mm-hmm. I tell people I was from Puerto Rico, mind you, this is before like the Latin explosion, right? Mm-hmm. Which did a lot for Puerto Ricans because mm-hmm. Ricky Martin, J-Lo, Mark Anthony, all Puerto mm-hmm. Rican. Big yeah. pun. Yeah. If you were from New York, you knew who Big Pun was. Oh, yeah. Um, so I would tell people I was from Puerto Rico and they'd always ask me, what part of Mexico is that? Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. you speak Mexican? Uh, yeah, I speak Spanish. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like, it's just Spanish. Yeah. And then there's some places that speak Portuguese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, like, that would... Better ex- in Latin America. Their, like their minds would explode. Yeah. I screwed up my opportunity for the joke. Um, just reset. We can cut We can cut right here. Cut audio. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna, no, I you won't because, uh, because we got Market. into what we got into. Market. Cut here. <laughs> and then start. All of this it. is staying in now. It's just like on Conan or Fallon. When they start riffing on the mistake, then yeah. it just becomes a part of the show. It is. <laughs> and that's not, neither of these things are live. But it's, I guess it's fun mistakes. I know, right? Yeah. Well, like, that has to be the most annoying thing, especially not only moving to South Carolina, but to Columbia. South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know what the breakdown. I moved to upstate South Carolina, so it was pretty much like all of my schools were 49% white, 49% black, 2%... Asian kids? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. and Also, uh, you're at 101%, I think, uh, based on the math. No, no. You said 49%, 49%. Oh, I guess there's 2%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2% left. So bad at math. (laughs) That's the words. But no, seriously. I mean, like, Asian kids, but even some of them were like, well, I'm not technically Asian. I'm from Laos. Yeah. I was like, okay. (laughs) You know, like, there's a whole lot of stuff I don't know. I'm a Pacific Islander. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So what was the breakdown there? Was it like primarily white or was it half and half kind of? It was funny because where I lived in South Carolina... um, was uh, just outside of uh, an area called Blythewood. Um, and I went to a high school called Ridgeview. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, the middle school I went to, it like sourced from black communities and wealthier like white communities. Mm-hmm. So there was a good mix of like people. Uh, and like, and I say wealthier white communities because Blythewood is where like all the like less wealthy white communities were. Mm-hmm. They're like more country, like fun, like, <laughs> 
uh, what is it like a, a Ford F one fifties? Okay, like, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, I feel like it was probably. I don't know percentage wise, but it was like just maybe like a, a like a forty forty. Yeah, split. I don't know something similar. There but, weren't a lot but, of Spanish people. There, mm-hmm, were, there right. were a couple of other like Mexican um, uh, kids, other Mexican <laughs> kids. One other Puerto Rican kid mm-hmm. whose uh, uh, father was mm-hmm. in the military, and I went to school in Puerto Rico on a military base. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. The, the Mexican kids didn't speak English though, and I, okay, so it wasn't like we were ethnic, like just because yeah we both spoke Spanish didn't mean like we were culturally. I close don't to each other. remember any Spanish speaking students when I was in. It was only in elementary school for one year, and then it was junior high. I think it was high school yeah. before I like had classmates yeah. who spoke Spanish or like you know like could yeah. Uh, and it was even then it was just like two. Oh yeah, yeah. South Carolina is a world unto mm-hmm. itself. And this was also the '90s. Like right yeah. now, it's probably very different. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> There's certain areas you go of like the town in Greenville. Where it's like nothing but Spanish people, you know, oh, yeah. it's just like so yeah. many. But um, <clears throat> you go to other player, other areas, and it's like predominantly white. Yeah, even had, though always had the best Mexican food, though. Always, I remember yeah. there was a place we used to go called Ola Mexico mm-hmm. on Two Notch Road, uh, which is US One, mm-hmm. and um, we would go there like almost every Friday after like a week, and it was great. We found a. Um, basically a food truck but not really a food it wasn't like done up like food trucks are done that was like so authentic mexican food nice so so good yeah um yeah there's always like some random but you know it was high school for me was the 90s it was a different era but in college it was still just like that 50 50 split where'd you go to college i went to winthrop okay in rock hill yeah yeah so um it's a fun place to be at yeah especially for college just like uh i thought so i i enjoyed it because it wasn't too fast of a pace for me that was one of like the everyone either wanted to go to winthrop um that great school in greenville was for sure Furman. yeah Furman. yeah Yeah. all the white kids like in ap classes uh, no yeah yeah Furman for sure Furman was is such a beautiful campus yeah winthrop though is where like all of the art but that was where all the went. other kids went. Yeah. yeah. I think um, they hosted like some um, high school art thing. Like if you got into government. It was government, a great, not, it was a great art school. department. Yeah. But there was like something where if you were like a good enough actor, and I was like mm-hmm. uh, an actor at the time who didn't me- like memorizing lines, which is probably how I ended up doing improv. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I remember Winthrop having like some acting program that was like, oh, I got to go there. And then, they did have a good acting program as an acting minor, mm. a theater minor, but um, uh, their art department's pretty phenomenal. Oh, nice. They have a really a great... Uh, <laughs> I can't... I cannot think of their art department without thinking of this. This was a great thing that they did every year. There was a week that was, uh, I think, nationally for awareness of like uh, of women's issues, mm-hmm. but primarily like abuse. Wow, in the nineties, yeah, in like wow. early two thousands. Wow, and wow. Um, and so they great. would, yeah, it was, yeah. and a very very progressive um, for them to do this, and they would have the students. On the campus grounds, this isn't just like a painting in some back room. This is like huge art installations. Yeah. Um, in the on the grounds in the front, 
that were supposed to be all of them were supposed to be the artist uh like it'd be like if they got the suggestion of vagina okay like seriously all of them were supposed to be a representation artistic representation of a vagina so they all had that same prompt Mm -hmm. and then they did different and they did this every year wow and i think that's a great thing yeah but one particular year (laughs) someone did one uh and they were beautiful and they were all great um and they were like really like are you just saying because you're a fan of vaginas well, they were beautiful. They were so great, and they're all great. I could really. never find my way around them, but <laughs> no. Um, but I always have been a big fan of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying it because uh, I don't want to. Like, this is a funny story, but I don't want to like disparage anything about sure. the integrity of what they were doing. Yeah. But a, one of my best friends was uh, doing a big brother, little brother thing, and he was driving around with his little brother. Yeah. Um, it was like a little innocent kid. Okay, oh, not like a fraternity thing. This no, was this is like a twelve-year-old or okay. something. Like that. And he's in the front seat. I'm sitting in the back seat. My buddy's driving. And there was one of the installations was made out of like um, branches and twigs and stuff. Uh-huh. It was really great. And we happen to drive past it, and the kid looks over and goes. What's that over there? Is that a beaver dam? <laughs> and my friend just looked at me in the like rearview mirror like, we cannot laugh, but this is hilarious. <laughs> so I cannot think of the art department without that story popping in my head. And whenever I start to laugh, then I feel like, oh, I have to explain this, <laughs> why I'm laughing good. after I mentioned the winter park department. That's this was a funny. great thing they did. <laughs> uh, that sounds pretty hilarious. It's those moments of like you have this about you too. I feel like you're you're always hilarious. You're always super funny. Oh, thank you. That's um, not true, but thank you. <laughs> but I've, you have to be someone who sees the humor in things yeah. when other people don't. You might laugh before other people. Yeah. How many instances of in a day, especially with a job like yours, where you're wanting to laugh at something, you realize you cannot laugh at? Uh, pretty often, <laughs> uh, especially at work, because there's some funny things that happen. But I think that to to go to what you're talking about, I call. I don't know wh- when it came, like it, like the idea came to me, but I call it lawyer brain, mm. where like you're like able to. Uh, uh, well, and specifically geared towards comedy, because uh, some people have lawyer brain where it's like they, it's geared towards anxiety or mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, other things. But uh, I can like see how something can be funny, even if uh, I can see how an argument could be made for something to be funny. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm already on the side that thinks it's funny. And then the, then I laugh when it's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> something happened at like a work event and my I got so red. Because immediately I was, and I was in front of like the, mm-hmm. the, the, my client. Yeah, um, you work for, can you say that you work? I'd prefer not to. Okay. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, I'll just say it's a serious job. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a serious job. Uh, so I'm at work and somebody says something that just, it was something really fucking stupid <laughs> and super immature. <laughs> but it was like, well, flatten the balls until you can fit it in there. Or something like that, right? Oh, how could you not laugh? Which is just like so dumb. But 
it was already like a three hour long meeting and I was sitting there with like um, with like the big boss I have to like report to. She's not my boss, but she's the one that I have to keep happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all of her direct reports. And I don't know if it was her who said it or someone said it. I know someone said it to her. The the guy who's in charge of marketing, who's a very serious dude, whose eyes mm-hmm. are almost always like bugged out. And, he's from New Jersey. <laughs> and so he very seriously was saying this on um, on a telecon <clears throat> and yelling at someone basically because they didn't do the right thing. And uh, and I I almost lost it. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone you can look at when you're like, no yeah everyone's like 20 years older than me oh gosh like, not really I hate those moments yeah and uh, it's not an organization where like your sense of humor is appreciated right <laughs> right it's more of a like military style like, yeah go do this now yeah we have a job and also we're under a microscope so we have to do things well mm-hmm. and right Mm-hmm. So that bad things don't happen, and also people want to make sure that we're following certain rules, yeah. because bad things have happened in the past. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I spend ninety percent of my job figuring out how this action could blow back up. Yeah. So I always have to be cautious at work. Well, no wonder when you get to do comedy, it's like an explosion. Yeah. Because that's uh, the first time I saw you on stage. It was a jam show that I was in, and I was like, "This guy's." fucking hilarious oh thanks (laughs) so funny like such a stage presence but just like you can make anything funny Uh, like you'll say things that are funny but just being there things are going to be funnier oh thanks i've seen scenes where it's like the scene in itself wasn't necessarily working and you were still hilarious in it Uh, you still managed to make things hilarious i always uh, try to go into any scene going like how can i fuck with this as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) and you also commit really really hard i feel like like Uh, you take the details and it's like this is the truth yeah and then you make a conscious decision you make a big choice Mm -hmm. and then you commit hard to that choice you don't bail on it even like one percent i try to i think i had like a lot of actor training before Mm -hmm. so i kind of bring that into my improv where i think yeah it's very helpful yeah most locking people, in like that yeah i think most people have like uh they ju- either just jump into improv or they have like a writing background or mm-hmm. aren't like necessarily like in a performance um uh, uh kind of world mm-hmm. mindset uh but i did a lot of like meisner training and oh okay um and then in college i did a lot of acting and then even before that i was doing acting uh dinko i, I can't i wish i remembered the fucking name of this class <laughs> i played yeah, the circus character. Yeah, I'm. It's gonna hit me probably like in a week. I'm gonna call you up and be like, "Please, it's just gonna be the one word I say to you, and then I'm gonna hang out." And I'll be like, "What? <laughs> what is Dingle uh, or whatever?" <laughs> no, so yeah, so that's where that comes from for you is that background. Uh, a lot of people hear Meisner training. Mm. You studied that. You said in college. I studied uh, after I graduated, actually. I came mm-hmm. up to New York. I was living in D.C. at the time. Um, shortly after I graduated, I moved up to uh, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I decided... I was already doing improv in D.C. And yeah, decided for a while. How long were you in, in D.C.? I moved to D.C. in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started improv almost immediately. Because mm-hmm. uh, before I left Theater 99, they were like check out Washington Improv. Oh, okay. How long were you at Theater 99? Maybe there for like six months. Okay. I didn't realize even that. I did. I thought maybe you'd stopped in. Yeah. I was made, I think I took like, uh, uh, like a four week workshop with Greg Tavares mm-hmm. 
And then I took a, like the level one class mm-hmm. over there. And I wanted to do more stuff there, but the opportunity came up to move to D.C. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right. They're well. phenomenal. I love them. Theater 99? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so funny. And it's such it's a so fun funny place to stop in and yeah. like watch good comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like, I know it's become cliche to say, like, go to Charleston, South Carolina. But it's <laughs> worth it to go see Theater 99. Like, the work that's going on there is really, like... Has so much integrity. Yeah, and um, it's uh, it's like uh, tangible too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, not to uh, knock any like um, theater, but like if you told me to go see a specific show at UCB, like uh, uh, Harold Night or something, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what you know, like their focus was, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, specifically doing the Herald. I wouldn't necessarily find it funny, mm-hmm. you know. I might find like specific things funny, mm-hmm. but like as a student of it, you find it way funnier because you're like, "Oh, I see the formula." I see what they're doing, yeah. yeah. But but when um, you're just a guest and you're just like, "I don't know what this group's thing is," yeah, <laughs> and it's maybe a little different from what I was familiar with prior to this. Yeah, and yeah. At Theater Ninety Nine. It's the shows that I remember seeing were uh, they started off with some short form and then they the second half was mm-hmm. like long form, which is so. Like tangible, right? It's yeah. like such such a, a great thing for an audience. And to a conscious to de- decision on Greg Tavares's part to say, audiences want short form, yeah, but improvisers want to do long form. Yeah, so yeah. let's just do them both. That's smart, <laughs> and everyone's happy. That's so smart. Very smart, and it is. It does make it way more tangible, and I think it opens up who will be who will have a good time in that show because Greg Tavares doing short form still has a hell of a lot of integrity yeah even if you hate short form yeah you're gonna love him doing short form yeah yeah, yeah. they do great short form yeah he, i've like, seen really shit short form from big theaters yeah yeah and hate it don't it makes me not want to see short form yeah he where but, not, so but they are so funny and they they commit and they're acting in it they're not like well, what's oh? I'm supposed to sit, stand, or lie down. Like they're not. Yeah. They're not focusing on that part of it. Yeah. Like they'll just do whatever that stuff that they have to do is. But yeah. they're like, who is my character? What do they want? How do you know? Like they're they yeah. word it differently, but they focus on. Th- there's just a lot of integrity to what they do for sure, and they have it in their bones so mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a a big part of. Um, excelling as a performer um i'm coaching a a group right now and i was having a conversation with my girlfriend who also um does improv and i was telling her something because she's also in this tpw class right like uh, Mm -hmm. she's doing team performance workshop it's like well you at a certain point you just have to trust that you have enough training met with enough talent that you just (laughs) have it it in your bones yeah and then just go and and even if you fail, mm-hmm. right? Like you at least are trying really yeah. hard, as yeah. opposed to you know being safe and that old kind of saying, like mm-hmm. it's better to fail uh, giving it all than like to succeed, kind of yeah. doing a, in the mm-hmm. middle somewhere. So no, yeah. that's um that is really good advice. It does make me think because um <clears throat> there's a guy at our old theater <clears throat> who's um. <laughs> <laughs> Good, we all got it out. Yeah. <laughs> this this blunt is burning great. <laughs> but there's, a, there's there's someone that we know from our old theater who's in his late 60s when he started uh-huh. doing improv. Cool. He was a photographer before that. Mm. And uh, there was something he was hearing, and it was kind of along the lines of what you're saying. He was like, oh, I guess I started this too late. And I was like, not at all. Yeah. Because whatever you did before will influence what you're doing now like yeah. when you're a photographer you're still, still art 
Yeah. You know, you're still like looking for certain things. You still know what needs to be there. Yeah. And now you could just put that perspective into doing improv, which no one has. No yeah. one. There's what photographer brain is being utilized in improv right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you like anybody, right. Should mm-hmm. bring whatever their life is to mm-hmm. inform their choices. Right. Even if their life kind of sucks. <laughs> I think that's what, that's why you have to like learn, uh, your, your voice after a while. Yeah. Like I appreciate the compliment, but, uh, like with, from the show you said you saw me at, mm-hmm. um, the, but the like that that is like a long time of sucking, you know, and then just yeah. getting to you know like get getting to be at a place where it's like oh, okay, you feel like I can just have fun, just unlock. Right. Yeah. yeah. That unlocking time. It's weird when that happens, and I think a lot of students and I did this moving here. Yeah. Um. You get into a point where you're like, oh gosh, when's it gonna happen? Yeah. You know, when's it um, uh, when's it gonna change? Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it just let it be the season you're in mm-hmm. because thing, it'll, like, it'll click in when it clicks yeah. in for you. It doesn't matter. Right. Like the, sometimes the stakes are so high for things, um, uh, for like to, to, to get into a specific class or to like to mm-hmm. do this specific mm-hmm. thing. Cause I don't know. It's cause obviously it has to be high. Otherwise you mm-hmm. wouldn't do stuff, but just remember, it's always like the long game, not the short game. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I knew me. someone back home who um, was kind of religious about anything Tina Fey said. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she said one time, like, she felt like she was struggling with improv. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she'd only been doing it for like a year at this point. Right? Like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, there's people who've been doing it for 10 years who uh, still aren't very yeah, good. Right. And then people who do improv for a year who are like... How am I not the best in the world yet? <laughs> right, right. You know, but she, yeah, and she was like, I just Tina Fey said that if you after I think it was like six months, if you haven't figured out how it works and maybe it's not for you or something like that, I can't, I'm totally paraphrasing someone who was paraphrasing Tina Fey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was sort of like uh, Tina Fey is a hero of mine, but fuck that shit. Yeah. I mean, I love Tina Fey. Yeah, but. How can you put a time frame on it? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, obviously, if someone has been doing improv for 15 years and they still can't figure out what yes and means, yeah, it's like, yeah. but that's that's a ridiculous example because that yeah. is not any way possible a real life situation. Yeah. You know, like, everyone. And it's funny because Tina Fey's not really known for her improv. Just for her writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> She's great at improv because she's got a brilliant comedic mind. Yeah. And she's quick as hell. Like, she's so, so fast. I've only ever seen her in that um, ASCAT uh, movie or the ASCAT video. Right. And I think she performed at one ASCAT at uh, DCM, like, a few years ago that I was at. She was the monologist when we saw them at Carnegie Hall last year. But she jumped in on a few scenes. Was Was it worth it? I would say yes. Have you seen ASCAT before? I guess, yeah. Have you, I had had you not, seen the UCB before? I had before? not seen the UCB before in person before. Okay, okay. So, yeah. That um, makes sense. And I'd not been to Carnegie Hall before either. Tickets were like, what, 100? They were like around that. No, yeah. We paid 60. Oh, okay, okay. And we got pretty good seats. Oh, that's not They too bad. were great seats. That's actually a lot better than waiting in the Del Close Marathon line for yeah. four hours to get in. Exactly. And I bet some people did pay more than $100 for they just yeah. waited. We got ours pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. We it was a good show, um, and really, 
it was fun. They were just great, you yeah. know? Like, they're just... And like Horatio and mm-hmm. Rachel Dratch had jumped in. Like, they were they were guests on the night. So it was a really special show and really fun. Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because you don't think about, like, on that stage, you have collectively, right? Like, if you count everyone's experience, like... Way more than 100 years. years. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So many of them have 20 plus years of doing uh, comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, they're all incredible. And um, it was a really fun show. And we we thoroughly enjoyed it. I think part of what... I think if I saw it a year after I started improv, then I could have gotten in my head and like, well, I'll never be that good or whatever. But I now saw you're it. certain you can be that good? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, high five. <laughs> no, but for real, I think because by the time we saw that show, I was well into the curriculum at Magnet, and oh, I yeah. very much locked into, oh, this is exactly what I should be doing. Yeah. Like, this cool is feeling. why I moved to New York. Yeah. This is why I wanted to, this is what it initially inspired me about Magnet. Yeah. And um, it seems really fine-tuned to who I am as a performer. Yeah. So when I see UCB people, if they're really, really good, then I'm like, this is really good, and it's amazing, and I can just enjoy it yeah. and never get in my head of like, oh, I'm, I'm not that good, though. I'm yeah. like, hey, I'm different. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm not on the level with what I want to, with the direction I want to go. Yeah. I'm not on the level they're at. But at least I know I'm on the track for me. Yeah, right? It's hard to... Com- uh, I was thinking about this recently because a friend of mine does, like, um, powerlifting, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about, like, competitions. And it struck me that, like, at a competition, the competition's never really with the other person. It's always with yourself. You're, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's like, how You're much can you You're always trying to beat your best time. Yeah. So if you take yeah. that same sort of, like, concept and apply mm-hmm. it to any kind of art... You know, don't com- it, you're doing the wrong thing if you're comparing your. It's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Because everyone is who they are. I yeah. mean, it really is a perfect. I had that same thought with yeah. like track and field. Yeah. Whoever comes in for Usain Bolt wasn't running against the other people. Yeah. He already knew he was faster than them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he was trying I mean? to beat his own. He was record. trying to beat his own record. Yeah. Which was a world record. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, he knows they're not going to beat his world record because yeah. if they could have, yeah. you know, they wouldn't be placed where they are. You know, like he. So it made me realize what you can do is just what you need to focus on. Yeah. Getting best at like yeah. that's what you need to cultivate. That's what you need to really try to improve i think it can be really hard for people to realize that yeah they're trying to a lot of times people are like well i need to be like will ferrell's like yeah but you're not will ferrell yeah yeah, you don't you don't when i laugh at your stuff it's not will ferrell type stuff yeah yeah it's other stuff it's you stuff so just be you that's the hardest thing for people to break it seems and another hard thing and arguably maybe this is the hardest thing to break is just realizing that (laughs) you know it's just like realizing that you are your own and you just need to be that that's all you need to be have you ever watched um yourself do improv on like a tape or a video like i did yesterday oh really yeah it was um a few years ago when i was still in south carolina Uh and it was when um branson reese okay and uh, Rick Andrews and Chet Siegel had come down to oh, our the festival. Old, uh, tour company, the mm-hmm. old uh, Magnet Tour Company. Yeah, uh. and it was the same year that I ever like knew truly who Magnet was. Oh, that's cool. Because um, I saw the touring company at uh, a different festival mm-hmm. and was like, "They are amazing. How are they doing? What they wanted? They're doing." 
And um, and I was in a show with him. It was a jam show, essentially. It was like the team I was on with guests. And those were the three guests. That's upstate or it's, uh, in Charleston? That was in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. That was at Alchemy Comedy. Okay, Alchemy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like the Piccolo Spoleto Festival. Right? No, yeah, in Charleston. Yeah. yeah. Um, our festival is the New South Comedy Festival. Yeah. I say our, even though I've been here two years and not involved you with the still, New South. You, you I still, they're still, fathers. you know, yeah, they're, well, I, I didn't found them. Um, I just got of the festival. Was lucky enough to be a producer one year or two years for that festival. There you go. And just love them and their, their family. But, um, that was great to see that because I was also there was a move I made at the beginning, very beginning, and I was like, I miss this, I miss that. Rick's probably standing on the sideline, like, where's he going? Oh, <laughs> yeah. But um, I was like a little embarrassed by that move, but then the rest of the moves I I made, I was like, okay, if I if someone saw this, I wouldn't be embarrassed, but. I was a different type of performer. Yeah. I bet you, even if now, if you like recorded, I know you perform weekly, right? If you recorded yourself mm-hmm. and watched a show you did, you would see yourself in a different light. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's an important thing to do. You should really watch yourself more. And I, well, I just don't. like to take in a good, I don't know, not, not obsessively, but mm-hmm. take it like a good measure of what you're contributing to a show. Mm. I saw like, um, a show with uh, um, uh, my former Megawatt team, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is how like I was in that show." Uh, yeah, and well, it was like, different than you just my don't realize exactly because yeah. you're in. You're, it's a total different experience making the work. Yeah, but watching it, it's just you're now you're re- you're receiving it. Yeah, and so it's a, just a completely different experience, and you're realizing like, "Oh, I mumble more," or yeah, yeah. say "uh" a lot, or I, used to I have a tendency to not be clear about what I'm referencing. I used to lean from my toe to my heel mm-hmm. on the back line. <laughs> All the time. And then I would, if I would get into a scene after like a, a little bit, and mm-hmm. then I would start doing the same thing where I would just basically be standing there doing like this, like for no fucking reason. All my characters are doing that. This is like in DC. Now, though, I've seen though. people do that yeah. sort of thing. That yeah. It's this, their nervous tick or whatever. Yeah. But I saw myself doing it. I was like, I'm never doing it again. Just yeah. fucking stand straight. Mm-hmm. Even if you're thinking of something, don't let anyone know you're thinking. <laughs> I feel like you can. Um, your growth as a performer, if you're a stand-up or an improviser, can double if you start watching tape. Yeah. If you watch tape. Not that's even, why football players do it, right? Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, that's the thing I always, when I coached, <laughs> and I always say it with this sort of like, why was I coaching sort of air? Like, yeah, you no, just brushed your hand aside. Like, why the, why was I coaching? <laughs> like you were smacking gnats away. <laughs> like, but I, I coached. I coached when I was in, I think it's when I moved here I, and I started uh, experiencing people like Rick and Lewis yeah. and, and Ilana and Peter and all these different people here. I was like, why in the world was I coaching a team? Like, why was I teaching a class? Yeah. I'm glad I had that opportunity because it's good experience. But it's like when you start out doing improv, it's like, oh, I suck at this. Yeah. It was my stage to suck at coaching yeah. and and but you have to though you have you to. have to do you have to start at some you, point you yeah. can't start you can't start being an experienced yeah. coach <laughs> there's a great um there's a great a uh, will hines uh ucb um uh f- like former educational director in in new york and or you know program director or whatever mm-hmm. and now is in la um he had this great blog 
and he talked about like young coaches, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that their you know what their role is, and you know this and that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it, you're allowed to not be great, <laughs> right? You know? The problem yeah. though, I think, is that young teams look at specific people sometimes, and they think like. Um, uh, this person is going to teach me everything. Yeah, and it's not how it works. Yeah, it's not how yeah. it works. Your job is just to show up. <laughs> you could have the best coach in the world if you're brand new yeah. to improv. Yeah. They're not going to, in six months, make you the best team in the world. Yeah, we, you know? not without uh, a lot of uncomfortable, heavy yeah. work. <laughs> you would have to do something like, <laughs> I think Ed Herpsman on an early team he was on, they had the opportunity to practice during the day, it was like they're like they're nine to five almost, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. for for a stretch of time. Yeah, like if you could do that, yeah, then yeah, if you can rehearse Monday through Friday between nine and five o'clock, then yeah, you can get real good real quick. Yeah, but and that's you're just... gonna be the best fucking improviser. <laughs> You'll be good in a field filled with improvisers, all who are not getting paid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, why, what are you doing it for? Uh, it's like, I don't know. Uh, I would love for us to get to a point where we could just have art for art's sake and also be able to take care of ourselves. But yeah, it's hard to do that these days. It's not the 1920s where artists can do that. Let's hope, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders can move this 70% uh, marginal tax rate (laughs) so we can get back to the 20s. Uh, (laughs) And hopefully not 1929. Yeah. Um, But uh, what I was going to say, though, about um, when I would coach, uh, I feel like, I would focus on certain things that at the time wasn't really the best thing for them to focus on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't have the eye for it as much where it's like, oh, here's where you're struggling. Yeah. Uh, and here's here's the thing that you could, could be focusing on. But there are just certain things that you would, you know, like mistakes you make yeah. early on. Yeah, and yeah. it's easy to get into the... Um, uh, do this and that. It's like, let's be serious about this sort of stuff. But yeah. I don't know. It's like the main thing is just, let's just watch tape. You yeah. know, like that's what I would tell them sometimes was like, listen, uh, they, they go over game tape yeah. for a reason yeah. after a football game. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so they can get better. So I, I wish I recorded all of them and then we just watch them today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's such a valuable thing, but I just, there were certain things I didn't do, and I wish yeah. I had. And who knows if you had done that, you may have like you know crippled somebody, right? Like they may, For sure, may yeah. have gotten so far in their head, you know, where <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh, that's what I look like. <laughs> I quit it's the tough. team. It's really tough to like bounce, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like um, notes and stuff. Like I got to, I, I was lucky to coach in D.C. Um, and then teach with uh, uh, Washington Improv Theater. And uh, even as a coach, like I was, I was way, I, this is just the style of person I am though. It's like way over committed. Mm-hmm. If I ever want to do something, I'm doing it eight times a week. It was me in South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's just, uh, it's just, a, are you a Gemini? Is it? A, no. No. Capricorn. Capricorn. I don't know. Someone told me I'm a Gemini. So it's like, <laughs> but seriously, six, maybe just five, but maybe six days out of my week were yeah. comedy related. Yeah. Right. Like if you are. I mean, but that's how you get, I think, good at anything. I think, right? uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change it. it. If I if I could go back in time, I'd be like, hey, keep doing that. Hey, maybe do a little more. You yeah. Know? You know, I, I remember reading just now um, that uh, you ever see uh, Michael Shirtlift's uh, 
I think it's shirtless, uh, audition. Like it's a big yellow cover and just says audition on it. Uh uh-uh. uh. And there's like some specific advice about that. It's like uh, for when you first start doing something, um, I think it, it, that whole book is targeted towards actors. So mm-hmm. it's like when you first start acting, like act in a small place. Don't start auditioning for people and, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, being seen by like. Um, uh, casting director right. and stuff when you first start, right? Because right. you suck and you don't right. realize it. Right. You don't know what your right. blind spots are. You don't want to burn yourself with yeah. it. You don't want to get a blacklisted. Nothing yeah. good. So go to like somewhere and like, mm-hmm. you know, suck there for a little while mm-hmm. and then hopefully you get better or you yeah, stop. Yeah, I feel it. like there's, so, yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. You have to like give yourself, you got to just like sit in that for a little bit. Like, what was this like? Like, let's be real about that and. Is that just something I have to sit with for a little bit until yeah. I get over it, or is this just truly not for me? Yeah. And they like, there's some other passion that I should have. What was your big moment when you and Justina decided to like move up to New York? Um, Justina might be better at answering that question because I remember, and she's starting to get up to come over here. <laughs> um, I remember saying like, Can she I want to move like to a New person York now instead of a cat. <laughs> yes, she's allowed, but. She still has to act like a cat, like body-wise. No, because um, she still is in the costume. No, um, all I remember was Justina saying, I want to move to New York, and I want you to be there with me. And I said, yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. Because I already so like... Lovely. Well, like, years prior... Why you want prior, to move to New York, Justina? Yeah. Um, because I was deeply unhappy and um yeah I was like, in our relationship some <laughs> uh, instead of having a baby or a dog let's have a new city <laughs> well actually it kind of was that it was like people my age are having babies getting married yeah i don't want to do either of those things right now yeah like mm-hmm. but like what mm-hmm. do i want to do like i'm just gonna bum around here you know even though we had like a great community yeah you know, family you know all these good things um, and I was like, I'm just like not challenging myself. I'm not, I don't feel mm. challenged. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. After the fact, we called that leveling. We wanted to come here to level up. That's cool. Like we were able to sort of put it in those terms before, I mean, after we moved. Yeah. At the time, we were just like, New York. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, it's New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, there's more to it. Um, there were tears, there was fighting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't. <laughs> With the city. <laughs> no, we were like immediately. Like let's do this, and then we planned a trip up here. <laughs> it was like yeah, we hadn't even been up here. Like I really, yeah. I had wow, only been to see. Brief. I went to Harlem briefly to see my great aunt when I was like in Connecticut visiting my brother, and then my dad came up, and we went to go see our great aunt. Yeah, but we didn't really see the city at sure. all. So I didn't. It's almost like it doesn't count, you yeah, know. Like I doesn't. saw a car, and then I saw her apartment, yeah. and then that was it. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like being in New York at all. I think for me, and years, even before meeting Justina, I had this sort of underlying feeling of, um, I'll quote a, uh, a Bruce Springsteen song, um, there's something happening somewhere, I just know that there is. And yeah. there's this, it, it, to me, it spoke to me in the sense of like, this place is great, but there's just something happening somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. I need to be there yeah. and be a part of it. And that's what New York felt like for me. Since 2009. Yeah, that's um, funny. In 2010, I started doing improv in D.C., mm-hmm. and I started acting in New York. My uncle's a super Oh, wow. Side. So I started doing a Meisner acting class. Um, I had a fucking audition with Abe Vigoda. Really? Yeah. Abe Vigoda 
is my or was uh, the, the former God rest his soul, but God like soul. Conan O'Brien. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was on there a ton. Yeah, so I was um, doing acting, and I knew I wasn't great. Uh, my uncle, or I guess my great uncles, actually, my mom doesn't have any brothers or sisters, but my grandma does. He's been a super on the Upper West Side, mm-hmm. 79th in Amsterdam, for the last like 43 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's like four foot eleven, but he's the cock in the walk. You know, like he walks. He's got jet white hair. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's a saying, but uh, cock uh, in the walk. No, the jet oh, white hair. Oh, cock in the walk. I think is a saying. Right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I've never heard either. Really. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. Cock and walk has to be. Maybe. I don't know. It has to be. Maybe. Jet white, I know what you're talking about, so yeah. maybe it is. Um, uh, <laughs> I heard jet black. That's yeah, what I heard. Yeah, jet black. That's mm-hmm. where I was just pulling from. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very close friends with a lady named uh, Sarah, and I can't remember mm. her last name. Silverman. <laughs> no, she was a very, very old um, lady who lived like uh, on the second floor, and he mm-hmm. was a super. He had known her for like thirty-five years, mm-hmm. um, and she was like Abe Vigoda's girlfriend. Basically, he lived on the Upper East Side, and he would like walk through Central Park to visit her a couple times a week. Wow, um, she was like very, very old at the time. Mm-hmm. So I had an audition with my uncle, the super, uh, <laughs> this woman named Sarah, and Abe Vigoda in the room, and. Um, I was. Uh, he was like, you should. You should take some acting classes. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. the what Stella Adler's um, mm-hmm. uh, school or whatever? Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, yeah, I memorized a mile. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Also, it's fucking terrible to have three old people sitting on like a very small couch, and you're like doing two monologues, contrasting <laughs> monologues for them in a living room, and it, like literally being that is the worst like, experience. This much space between you, so mm-hmm. like they were the three of them were like right here, and I was standing right here. And, like, no, that's within six. A feet. living room experience yeah. is not fun. Reading a monologue, and I've had it once before, and it's like this is weird. Yeah, well, yeah, I had memorized these, and they were terrible because I kept on making eye contact with them. <laughs> <laughs> and they were not enjoying themselves. <laughs> um, but anyways, he gave me good advice, and I ended up uh, signing up for a Meisner class. And because my uncle lived up here, I was spending... I didn't have, uh, like, uh, um, a job at the time, so mm-hmm. it, like, was, mm, I, was worked out. So I spent, like, three days a week in D.C. and mm-hmm. three or four days a week in New York. Wow. So that's why when I asked, like, how long were you in D.C. before yeah. you moved to New York, it was kind of like a, well... Yeah. <laughs> I, I was... I, yeah, so I'd, I came up here in 2010, like, mm-hmm. for maybe nine months, and I wow. trained at this place called the Matthew Corzine Studio Theater. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Meisner School. Like, the, mm-hmm. it's really great. And they're, like, so um, supportive, but also they will push the shit out of you to, like... Get out of your get out of your head is what like you yeah. shout out all the time. Um, and How did, and so like when you get that note because it's it's something where it's like if you're not emotionally invested in that moment because yeah. you're just the one watching it. Like yeah. if you're in the crowd watching someone tell someone else to get out of your head, yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes complete sense. But yeah. when you're getting the note, get out of your head, it's yeah. like, I know I'm in my head, but how do I do that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the good thing about the style of like acting and the focus of Meisner is like, you got to really focus on your scene partner, right? Yeah. Like, what are you getting from them? Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. really, really. That's the best thing about them. acting. That's like the thing that's in both improv and, and acting, but it's yeah. slightly different is like, listen yeah it's like you when yeah. you're enacting like when enacting you're listening to the tone yeah more than the words yeah so the great thing about improv is like you can still apply that same concept right 
but you get to make it true, right? Mm-hmm. Because the rule yeah. is yes and. So <laughs> if you're reading the other person and they haven't said anything mm-hmm. and the scene is already like 30 seconds into it and you've got a sense of like maybe mm-hmm. a feel, but it's a, ambiguous, you can just tell them what it is they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And they have to agree with it's it. It's so great. It's, that is one of the joys of improv yeah. that I don't like people who don't like improv just don't. I don't think get yeah because it really is a thing of like that moment yeah where on the stage they're realizing this is what's happening yeah and it's based in truth right yeah like you it's like based in it's the present based moment. on what's observable yeah. by the audience yeah you know like exactly. what is observable here that's what the truth is yeah. like that's the best definition of the truth yeah it's here's what is observable to the eye yeah and what we all can sense yeah and so many times people break that and they'll say like, well, what's true? And they just think about the words that were said. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but you walked out here and you looked yeah. upset. Yeah. yeah so yeah. when you said you weren't upset, it yeah. looked to everyone who was looking at you yeah. like you were pretending to not be upset. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. where things got confusing in this scene. Yeah, exactly. You know, like so many times that's the case. And I think when people can break from like what they intended yeah to possibly they were just wrong about what or just the, roll with it right right, like right. It's more important to um keep momentum going yeah than it is to be right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, or just like but this is what i meant it's like no 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 this is what they saw just trust them yeah like yeah, that's yeah. so much of what support is like one of the things sharna halpern said the most about yes anding is well, so-and-so said this, and they're brilliant, so I'm just going to assume that's the funny thing here. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to saying, like, yeah, but that's not what I meant, and what yeah. I meant is that... Like, those sort of things... Or I'd already decided you were, uh, like, a donut <laughs> shop salesman. Even though I didn't say it out yeah. loud. You saw, I was carrying a briefcase. I can't be in space if I'm carrying a briefcase. <laughs> it's like, you could actually be carrying something, because in the footage, you see them carrying things. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It, there is always something of, like, forget what you are thinking yeah. and just observe what you are seeing and people are telling you they see. Yeah. So that was one of the like greatest things from the acting class was like Meister is great. Yeah. 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 And it's then something- I took that back to DC uh, um, where there wasn't like that kind of acting training that mm-hmm. I was exposed to. I was like, oh, New York is where it's at. Yeah. Which is so at that retrospect- time, especially and retrospect- I wasn't hearing about it. Yeah, well, in 2010 in D.C., it was, I mean, there probably were places, but nothing that really, I, I, f- I remember doing research and not being able to find anything. I mean, even as a theater minor, I'd never heard Meisner yeah. until 2016? Yeah. yeah. 2017, maybe? Yeah. I think it was 2016. Well, yeah. I mean, New York is the place to go. Yeah. But the stupid thing uh, that I think about <laughs> all the time is that I was doing improv in D.C., <laughs> Yeah. Instead of like improv in New York, you know, which is like, <laughs> right, yeah, why yeah. didn't I ever think like I can do improv in New York and learn from that's I interesting. mean, at yeah, that time, that's like oh, at 2010. Man. There were so many there were great teachers here. Yeah, really, really great teachers. I ended up taking workshops and stuff with sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's a yeah. It's a at that time stuff. period, there were a lot of people who were uh, like, I don't know, Ben Schwartz was probably teaching in 2010. Probably. Maybe. You know, I know like, for sure, like, Will Hines was, a guy named yeah. Mario Vakitas. Maybe Zach Woods was. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, probably. Um, um, and no, you can watch yeah. great shows. Like, I don't, I think Death by Ruru was still around, mm. which is just. Who was on that? It's like one of those legendary, like, UCB teams of, mm. like, people who just 
were so inappropriate, but had so much fun, and were always stuck to their like guns, uh-huh. uh, like Sean Casey, Anthony and Tim. Oh like, gosh, yeah. Um, uh, Sean Casey, is that right? Yeah, no, Neil Casey, Neil Casey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from the Ghostbusters movie. No, yeah, that's where people. He was the bad guy in yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, but he's like yeah. one of the newer legends. Yeah, and improv. It feels like like he's yeah. he's the most one of the most recent people who's going to be like. Lauded over. Yeah. And that team, I mean, just cycled through some really great players. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were all teaching at the time. And I was taking classes from really actually great teachers in D.C. at the time, too. Yeah. Okay, Murphy McHugh, Topher uh, Bellavia, um, Mark Chalfant, who's now mm-hmm. the artistic and was the artistic director then of Washington Improv Theater. So really great. Yeah. Program. I mean, Washington Improv Theater, great name. Because mm-hmm. wit. Wit. Um, yeah. D.C. has a great comedy scene. It stand up and improv. Yeah, it's a really yeah. great place yeah. to launch from. Um, it seems like because a lot of really great people have come through there. It is kind of a transient place, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are a bunch of people who are in New York uh, now um, who I remember seeing uh, yeah. in DC yeah. you know, back then. Yeah, um, and thinking that they were very funny. Um, uh, Aparna Nancharella was like doing. Oh, really? Yeah, she used to. I didn't improv. realize that she was uh, uh, someone who came through DC at all. Yeah, yeah, that's great. She's she's really really funny. Natasha Rothwell was there first, mm-hmm. and like some some very 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 funny people. Yeah. Uh, now who come up, but yeah, the stand up was uh, I think from everything I know about it has always been a big circuit in DC. Mm-hmm. The improv was like really a small kind of small smaller game right mm-hmm. there was basically two schools it was the dc improv um which was a stand-up uh comedy club who taught improv and there was a guy named sean westfall who was running that when i was there and then there was washington improv theater which is mm-hmm. where you really focused on like long form the dc improv was more short form into long mm-hmm. form so like be being oh. funny mm-hmm. which was great because it's a comedy club you should be funny right 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 wit didn't always focus on being funny but definitely focused on the people having fun yeah so you ended up having more of a um recreational kind of vibe than like a competitive <laughs> new york you know, vibe yeah i think um there is like you have to hit the ground running here yeah um and that's a good thing but you have to be ready for that yeah like it's hard to just like if you or I wear like it, pads <laughs> if you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it also okay depends where you're at. Because if you want community, you can get that. There are a lot of people at Magnet who I don't even know if they want to be on house teams. They're just like, yeah. I love the community. It's a fucking wonderful community. It is, really. really. If, you, if you think about New York City and how isolating almost every part of your experience up here can be. <laughs> yeah. Even though you're even surrounded comedy. by people yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can feel like you're not really connected to anybody. But at Magnet, you can, you know, I feel like I'm preaching a cult. But there is like a really nice sense of like <laughs> a vibe where people care about each other um, and also performing. You know, it's not yeah. like it's not just like what can you do for me in the industry kind of uh, feel. Yeah, which is which is yeah, cool. which I bet happens even more in like L.A. Yeah, like a what can you do for me sort of attitude. Uh, I mean, it's like New York feels like it's maybe half Chicago, half L.A. in that sense, where because there are yeah. enough industry people here. But I, have no I haven't idea. really hit up on that like feeling of like. Oh, well, like, but that's, again, I'm not at UCB, but you're doing stuff all over. So, like, yeah. you came up here. Mm-hmm. When did you move up here officially? 
2016, mm-hmm. April 2016. We decided in January. We came up, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joanna's birthday is in, uh, my girlfriend Joanna's birthday mm-hmm. is in January. Um, so we, <laughs> we went to, oh God, what are they fucking called? Um, the mountains in Pennsylvania. Um, the Appalachian? No, 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 that's not the Appalachian. That's totally yeah, that's, in a... No, there's like... It's like I'm, where... Anyways, we went to like... Michigan. A, I'm like, uh, I don't know, Appalachian. There's that's like totally a different. pretty mountainous area in Pennsylvania, not very far from... Um, I know, uh, I know what it's not. <laughs> I know it's not the Rockies. The uh, the Poconos. Oh yes, the Poconos. The Poconos. So we went. I got. I got. I got kind of, admittedly, it's kind of a cheesy thing. We went to like a couple's resort uh-huh. uh, in the Poconos. It was like a heart shaped tub. It was for her birthday, and we had been together, um, <laughs> and it was very fun. It was, so Date it a, idea. It was a big ass like heart shaped bed too, and like I can't, all, listen, it was crazy. I want to do this so bad. I, <laughs> I, I, now. I never want to take a blue light to that room and just see all the gross <laughs> shit everywhere. Now less so, but yeah. maybe we'll find another. Area. But on that trip, um, uh, we decided to kind of spur the moment. It was two hours away, mm-hmm. um, and I had a rental anyway, so I just drove to New York, mm-hmm. and we went and saw. Um, we saw a UCB show, and uh, and I think um, Rumble Teaser. Um, uh, we saw like a UCB sketch show with uh, uh, um, a girl who's around. I can't remember her name, but she's not now. She works for like College Humor. She's done like a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. online. Um, and Joanna's favorite improviser at the time's name, uh, and still now, his name's Aaron Jackson. He's so funny. Oh, okay. Such a funny dude, and he, who's also on uh, Rumble Teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, so we watched them and like went to the Rockefeller like Center Tree. The wow, uh, yeah, yeah, I did it up. And we were like, why aren't we here? Why aren't we here? Yeah, we had already been in a place in DC where we were, like felt the same way, where it's just like I'm not growing as mm-hmm. much as I would like I, to. I want to level up. Yeah, not that it's <laughs> Im- impossible to do from here. It just wouldn't right. be. Uh, I want to challenge, and growth mm-hmm. is always like difficult, um, but. You know, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided, and then we moved, and I ended up finding the worst job possible. Thank God it's not the one I have now. <laughs> I was doing consumer affairs um, on both the business side and uh, the customer service side for a company that, let's just say, gets a lot of complaints. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was, like, dying. Uh, but, yeah, so I was taking classes. We moved up uh, in April. Thank goodness uh, we got a place uh, in in Manhattan um, mm-hmm. that was uh, inexpensive, all the way at the end of Manhattan in Inwood. In Did um, you know anyone at Magnet? Because you you got on a house team quickly and uh, and on a sketch team. Not really. I mean, I had seen um, Megan and Jamie um, and Kevin. They came to D.C. one time for the Laugh Index Theater, okay. the lit, uh, in, uh, lit Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had performed with them before on a um, team called Hot and Sweaty. And it's like <laughs> second rendition. The team cycled through like players, like so many different uh, wonderful people. Um, and kept the same name, Hot and Sweaty. Hot and Sweaty is a fun name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had seen Megan before and thought she was very, very funny. Mm-hmm. But um, I just... You know, thankfully at the time, uh, they were just starting their like diversity scholarship, mm-hmm. um, and I was able to apply for the diversity scholarship there, um, and also diversity scholarship at UCB, mm-hmm. which is wonderful because I would not have been able to either get into classes, yeah, of period, yeah, or afford at all to get into classes because I was very, very, very broke, and I'm not much 
less broken now, <laughs> but at least now I can like um, uh, not freak out uh, every two weeks. It's I mean it's hundreds of dollars. And yeah. If you're double dipping, yeah. then it's then double that. You yeah. know, no, it's, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> but you got on teams real quick because um, yeah, you know you relatively. had the experience. You obviously were were you had the goods. Yeah, um, I tried to bring some good stuff. I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> you bring it, man. I, I really haven't seen a bad moment of you on stage. Oh, well, and fucking get ready. <laughs> 2019's my year, baby. <laughs> but you have, um, so you've left your house team mm-hmm. that was at, uh, at, at Magnet. And um, you were on executives, the sketch team. Mm-hmm. Are you still on executives? Or do yeah. you know you just had your last? Executive. Our season just ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still uh, uh, on the team. Okay. Uh, we'll be back, I think, either March or April. Okay. I think it's still up in the air. And you're at UCB now, right? right. Um, <laughs> I said that no. funny. Aren't you? I saw something of you do. You took uh, on social media, you took some picture of you on stage uh, at, at the Hell's Kitchen doing oh, like, a yeah. sketch show. So I was like, yeah, oh, is he on a team ske- there now? I've done some sketch stuff over there. Oh, but yeah. you're not on an, one of their teams no, officially? No, I'm not. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not like cast on. But this, there. I think maybe you're talking about, I did the sketch cram recently over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then they have um, uh, like classes that the writers take for the Sketch 301, mm-hmm. and they need actors to perform in. So the Pit yeah. does a very similar thing. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I did, I've done that a couple of times. And then... Um, I may be auditioning for Lloyd uh, coming up soon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Cause so Lloyd, they're, they're also house teams, but not like Harold Knight house teams. They're just other. Yeah. They're house teams for their other theater, for mm-hmm. their like second theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who knows? Which got closed which down Which just got now? closed. Yeah. There's all sorts and of it's stuff all, going on. And it's all different there. now. Like it's, they're going to be doing different, they're going to be doing shows at a different theater, like yeah, Thursday through Sunday or Friday through Sunday or something, something like, like that. that. Three or four nights a week they'll be doing some shows, and so some teams will be there. Yeah, and then some teams are going to be at the Hell's Kitchen location. Yeah, I'm hoping the move. If I'm hoping if I were to get on, uh, and I just it's just fun because they do a different style over there. Yeah, um, I don't have any like, um, like I like performing. I mm-hmm. think that's a you know like. You don't have like a particular focus on curriculum, yeah, or approach to improv. I mean, I do, I, 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 but it's like changing gears. You yeah, know? it's like, um, and which is something I actually got good at growing up, which is mm-hmm. like knowing when you're in like different groups, what language, you know, what's the like the uh, vernacular for mm-hmm. like this group versus mm-hmm. this group versus this group, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of it. Feels like a switch in like language with. Like uh, UCB stuff versus Magnet stuff versus like Pit stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, the goal ultimately is to be funny. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. the way you get there mm-hmm. is very different. Um, right. Uh, you know, right. Depending on where you're, where you're yeah. from, where your language is specific. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's um. That's really great. I mean, it's and it's if if people, I don't know that I can switch gears so much because I. My old theater took more of a UCB approach, and I never felt like I got a hang of it. Yeah. Um, I, I found my way through it, mm-hmm. um, but I never felt like I was doing it as well as other people. You know, I felt yeah. like, oh, they have a good hang of it, this thing that I don't. Yeah. And when I got to Magnet, I was like, oh, what I'm naturally thinking of doing is what they're asking me to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is where I'm supposed to be, I guess. But yeah. I do want to be faster at um 
you know, getting to that thing the way UCB does. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, Obviously, there's different levels of success at, at every theater, but absolutely, yeah. their their approach is just um, is an interesting one. Yeah, um, and it is a little bit tricky, but mm-hmm. it's not like impossible. Mm-hmm. It just require like it just what you listen to is just different. Right, which is tricky. It's like for me at least, it feels like um, a place where you are. Your focus is learning how to be the best writer you can be mm-hmm. on stage, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, yeah, that's uh, the, why I think, yeah, um, that's why I think Tina Fey rolls with, yeah, with them so well, yeah, because she's like, such you, a good writer on her feet, exactly. So it's like it's almost like doing like uh, improvised sketch, yeah, right, where the focus that's a, is, yeah, that is kind of like they're in game, but that's not all of you know the the all encompassing approach right. to you know, they, they, performances yeah i think people often quote them as just saying um that a good a good improv scene could be written down as a sketch yeah, yeah. which um i think at magnet would be more like a good improv scene could be written down and be a play or something yeah. like that you know it's like yeah it's that it's just that kind of difference both completely credible yeah that's interesting yeah um, no one has said that about Magnet. That's I good. That's a like, really good comparison. Though. Mm-hmm. Well, we've reached the end here. I feel like there's more we could talk about, but we're yeah, we're at a limit. Here. I'm just a chatty Kathy. <laughs> well, I am is that too. A, a Southern term that you've chatty Kathy? Yeah, no, I know yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, but now is the time to sort of create something together. What's that? I don't know what we could create together because we do? weren't focusing necessarily on one specific thing. How about we talk about? Um, <clears throat> Uh, beaver dams. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could do, I wonder. <laughs> you know what I like to do? Um, why don't we do like a bat? Right? Oh, no, that'd be fun. Like I know a, Boyf wants to do a bat on here. <laughs> let's do some like batish stuff. Or we can um, just do some scenes. I don't know. Mm, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Do a bat. That's fun. Okay. A two person bat. Yeah. Um, you give us a suggestion and you call the scene. And, okay. it, you know, let's do like a three-minute scene or something like that. Oh, cool. three minutes. Okay. You know, I don't know. Right. We can't. We have, we're at over an hour. Your suggestion, your suggestion is necklace. Necklace. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, I'm uh, selling uh, whatever you're looking for. Uh, so you're walking around this corner a few times. Oh, oh um, are, are you the guy? Uh, I, yeah, man. That's why I came up to you. I'm the guy. What, what do you need, man? Okay, I've been. Uh, oh, great. I've been looking for you. Uh, I was told. I was told you have like uh, all the nice stuff. If yeah. you know what I mean. I'm gonna need you to be specific, man. I don't know what mm, kind of nice stuff okay. you're looking for because I've run into some trouble recently. Um, okay. Who, who referred you to me, by the way? Just, mm, just by, mm. you know, just to make sure I know what, what you're looking for and make my, sure I got. Okay. What it is. All right, my friend Jeffrey. Um, wait, wait, hang on. My, who's this guy walking up? This, oh, this guy is cool. He sells hot dogs. Oh, okay. Um, actually, I mean, don't buy them. He's, he's not a hot good. dog stand or anything. He just sells hot dogs from his pocket. He's got like a... a oh, okay. He's got like a Ziploc bag of hot dogs. But he's good. I and mean, if you're hungry... You know. I am hungry, but if you... Wait, you want one? Hey, my friend! <laughs> my friend! Uh, yeah. You want hot dog? Oh, you heard that. Um, you, You're looking at me. Yeah, yeah. No, he said uh, you had hot dogs. Yeah, $8. Oh, um, I don't have $8 cash on me. Uh, I take Venmo. I mean, I've got, what? 
Venmo. You ta- oh, okay. You, you don't take Venmo? No, no, I do Venmo. Um, do you have chili? Do you have... Uh, Listen, he just got regular hot dogs. All he's got is a fucking naked, cold hot dog. You don't have to take one. Huh? What, what do you say, my friend? Do you have cooked hot dogs? No. I'm really looking for a cooked hot dog. I'm sorry. I'll have to pass. Okay, next time. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. So you know Jeffrey? I know Jeffrey. I'm looking for... You know those, like, forever pendants? Um... What? It's a kind of jewelry. You're talking about like um, a brooch? Yeah, but like K Jewelers is selling them, you know? Every kiss begins with K. Yeah, 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 man. They're like these forever infinity like line of jewelry. Um, and I'm looking for something like that or comparable to that. Dude. Uh, I, 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 do you I, not I, have jewelry? Are you not the jewelry guy? I have cold pretzels. What? That's all I got is cold pretzels, man. I thought that's what you wanted. You were like, do you have to see her these things? The, oh, can I just be honest with you? Yeah. When you whisper yeah. the way you whispered, <laughs> I um, automatically assumed you were selling something hot, like jewelry no. or, you know, they something cold watches. pretzels. So you have like, are they like Snyder's pretzels? Yeah, man. You can put them in a microwave. Wait, the small pretzels or the big pretzels? The, look at them. Look. Do you see them? They're, oh, God. Those are like when you get a, like, a pretzel stand. Yeah. Yeah. They're just cold. I don't want that. All right, man. Well, you can go get a hot dog from... I don't want a cold hot dog either. What do you want? I want a pendant for my for my lady. Well, uh, have you, do you gone to the, the mall? No, I'm looking for the guy who'd be selling it on the street because it's... Nobody's selling pendants, man. I guarantee you nobody's no, selling pendants. There are no jewelry guys? I mean, there aren't. Yeah. But no one's selling pendants. But they're, but people are whispering about selling pretzels? <laughs> you came to this corner, man. Are you I'm, making fun of my life? I'm, no, I'm not making fun of your life. You I'm fucking making, with me? Why are you whispering about it? You can shout that you, you're selling pretzels. No, you can't. Why? Because you need a permit to sell food in this city. All right. I'm trying to get by on my pretzel. All right, all right. Do you have change for a hundred? Nah, man, but I take Venmo. Uh, Zave, we love you so much. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Can't not love Xavier. He's the best, and he's performing all over. You can go to magnettheater.com and find his profile page and find out when he's performing again. Also, we didn't get to talk about his indie team, Chucho, who are great. That team is so awesome, and so we've put links for their social media in the bio so you can check them out and follow them you can also follow us twitter and facebook at there it is pod you can follow me on twitter at jason far jokes and on instagram at jason far picks so please hit us up we have some fun things coming up in the future got a lot of yeses from some great guests and i just can't wait to share those episodes with you some other fun things coming but that is it for today's episode until next time be good to each other The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.